You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tape Tuesday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com where you can find all of my written work. Uh, and like I said, today it's Tape Tuesday. So we're going to take a look at some plays by the Florida Gators this past weekend versus South Florida. Then we'll look at what's gone right and what's gone wrong so far this year. And before we get started, just a quick reminder to follow Locked On Gators wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode. And please do subscribe to Locked On Gators on YouTube. Like episodes like this where we have two segments breaking down tape, it's fun to look at and it's fun to talk about. Don't forget to check out my uh, pinned tweet on Twitter. Let Locked On know why the Gators got the best fan base in the nation. Just because, I mean, we do. So why not just flaunt it a bit? There's only one place to get all the info you need on the SEC five days a week, and that's Locked On SEC with Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Follow the Locked On SEC podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And I'm going to jump right into it. We're going to get right into breaking down plays. The first two plays, again, like last week, we're going to look at four plays. The first two are going to be Anthony Richardson's 75-yard touchdown on Jacob Copeland, because I know we want to see that one. Uh, and then the second play is actually going to be a defensive play. We're going to look at Kyrie Lim's interception against South Florida, and it's going to be a little fun. I'm also using a new program to show it, so it's not just Microsoft Paint, but if you guys would prefer Microsoft Paint where I can show more, maybe play around a little bit more, then go ahead. But this one is better to show actual timing of plays and timing of everything that happens going on really in the play. And the second thing that we're going to talk about, or the second uh, set of plays we're going to break down, first one, Emory Jones to Xavier Henderson touchdown. And the second one, the interception, the second interception that Emory Jones threw on Saturday because it was a pretty bad one, and I would like to discuss it (laughs) a little in depth. So we're going to get right into it right now. Okay, so like I said, we're going to take a look into these plays for a little bit. Again, you can see now it's a new program, so that's fun. Uh, I'm actually going to remove that. There we go. I'm going to remove my own name there. Um, So we're looking at this new play. It is Play Art Pro is the website that we are using to show this. It's going to be pretty fun. We can work on the timing a little bit. We can show it. The only thing I don't like is that you see the Play Art completely before, whereas uh, in previous Tape Tuesdays, I would actually draw the art as it happens, but here we get to see it work in motion. Um, and that that's going to be really fun. So again, first, what we're looking at here is the Anthony Richardson 75-yard touchdown to Jacob Copeland. I'm going to break it down for a little bit. I only showed three of the defenders because we only had three people running routes in this play, and it was man coverage here. So that's what we're looking at. We've got the tight end blocking on the right. As you can see, I didn't include all the O-line because it's not huge. I did include the left guard there because he came across the formation to pass block on a little shuffle outside uh we have the running back pass blocking tight end runs a little out route here we have on the right receiver runs a little out route here and a little curl at the end there and then we have jacob copeland of course working the slot and he obviously um (laughs) gets very open on this and we're going to take a look at this play right now and then break it down a little bit so we've got 
Anthony Richardson going out right. I realize it's a lot slower than it's fun, but it's to show you what it is. Jacob Copeland just burned him immediately on that little break. That Because really, the corner froze on that, or the DB froze on that little in-breaking route. We're going to look at this again. He froze completely, and then Jacob Copeland just separated a little bit. And it, it was very... Uh, it was the perfect play call to go against what looked like cover zero. Uh, so that was just a fantastic play call by Dan Mullen and the Florida Gators there. And it was just beautifully executed in every way. Uh, O-line did like, again, there was like a really cool, weird thing. I'm not great at breaking down O-line, so I'm sorry. But the left guard coming across the formation, the pass block was a, a ton of fun running back blocking. We had a lot going on in this play. Uh, it, it was cool, um, but yeah, that, that little corner route or uh, that little post route is what got Jacob Copeland wide open to score that touchdown. It was a huge gain. It was a beautiful gain, by the way. Like, I, I loved watching it. That was a fantastic play. And now we're going to look at this next play. This is, again, Kyrie Elam's interception. So it is a third and nine in the second quarter, if you didn't see Kate Fortin's quarterback here. Because again, in this case, the red is the Florida Gators, the orange, yellow, goldish, or South Florida Bulls. And it it's a fun play to look at. You can see how everything works out, and it's just it was just great. It was also not great, uh, just a passing attack for the South Florida Bulls. I have this little running back going barely running that little uh, whatever you want to call that. He was blocking at this point. I just showed him moving up a little bit because he stepped up and held off Jeremiah Moon for just a little bit. <laughs> just a very tiny bit. He held off Jeremiah Moon, who still ultimately pressured Cade Fortin into throwing this bad ball. And that's kind of what forced this interception. Uh, so Jeremiah Moon didn't hit home to get the sack. He did get a sack earlier in the game, but he didn't get home for this sack and he got the pressure to force the bad ball here. And the Gators, you know, it, it looks like to me at least cover one hole. I know I didn't include the linebackers. I only really tried including um, players that made immediate impact on the play or at least forced something in that way. But, you know, the linebackers didn't in this case. So it's basically looking like a five on five here. Uh, so yeah, the Gators look like they're in cover one hole. So we have the linebacker who's not on the screen, but he was right over here, drops back. And then it looks like the linebacker that was covering the running back just decided to stay in coverage when the running back was looking like he's still pass protected, which is good because like on a blocking release, you don't want to just be blitzing in and then get a free release there. So that was big here. Uh, cover one hole, of course, we have the safety going deep with this little uh, this little uh, corner post. Jeez, <laughs> this little corner post. Tight end's running a quick out. Tight end here, or slot receiver here, is running an out. And the outside receiver runs a little, a, like a short uh, corner. And Kyrie Elam gets the pick here. I'm going to look at this one. Quarterback then gets pressured, throws it a little overthrown. And that is exactly what happened. He overthrew it, and that is why Kyrie Elam got the interception. And, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to complain about it. An interception is an interception. But here we see Jadarius Perkins actually got beat on this on this little corner post here. Luckily, it was cover one hole, though, because we had that cover one safety, that one deep safety back there to pick up that. I'm going to show it again just because it was great. We had Avery Helm here covering this out route. 
And then Jadarius Perkins got beat on the little double move, but luckily it was cover one hole. So we got that going and that was fantastic for us because that was, uh, that, that could have been a little rough if that was cover zero. So I'm glad that we had that covered. And I mean, it, it's just a beautiful thing. That's the end of the first segment. So of course, now we're about to get into our second segment of Tape Tuesday. But first, football fanatics, college football fanatics, have you heard about Prize Picks? If you listened to yesterday's episode, you heard about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. Prize Picks offers every sport you can think of, like NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, if you want to do that, and even more. Prize Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of Power 5, as well as mid-major players you might have never even heard of, which obviously, Toledo Helmet, Toledo Tattoo, that's important to me. Prize Picks allows mixed sport entries. You can take the over on LeBron points or rebounds, the under on Mahomes completions, passing yards if you're insane. And don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is a daily fantasy made easy. Need something to do with your stimulus, tax refund, GameStop, Dogecoin, NIL, bet online, however you get your money, I don't care. That's not my business. I'm, that's not what I'm into. Visit rockauto.com for all of your car parts needs. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. I've told you multiple times, I am useless when it comes to knowing anything about a car. But if they tell me, get this for your car, I can do it. I can manage that part. I can navigate the website enough. So that's great for me, whether it's brake pads, taillights, one hydraulics, fuzzy Dyson mirror, whatever it is, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So that they know exactly who sent you. That's locked on L O C K E D put a space in this one. O N. All right, here we are. We're getting right back into it. The first play of the second segment, which is fun to say, is Emory Jones throwing a touchdown pass to Xavier Henderson. It was a great ball and a great catch. I will say I <laughs> I realized that we've given Emory quite a bit of flack for his uh, slow processing this week. Last week, I think he was okay but again there wasn't a ton to process it was rpos so quick decisions is what we needed um and yeah that's where we're at i mean it still wasn't good but it wasn't terrible at all and i mean yeah this is simply a good decision because it looks to me on this play i know that we've got the running back running a swing route here uh Emory didn't even look at that, even though Naquan Wright was like, eh, 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 calling for it. And that's a fun, you're going to get to see that in that little box. But we've got that. We've got uh, that little zig in is, or shake route is covered. There's cover three here, it looks like. So that's covered underneath. But again, that isn't one of the primary reads on the play. So that's why it's not included here. And the far right literally just ran up and stopped and just, and just waited. We have running the post route that is Kimori Gamble. And then we have Xavier Henderson on that left. Uh, he didn't make as much of a move there, but in order for this website to work, I needed to separate it a little bit. So that's where we're at, but it was just a little 
fake end, and then he just went right back into the uh, the go route there. And so we're going to take a look at this play to see how it works. Emory Jones drops back. He's got the post, or he's got the uh, the go route there. And here's where I think we were looking at, or here's what I think Emory Jones was looking at, because cover three, again, maybe they weren't expecting cover three, maybe they were, but this is cover three at this point. So when I'm looking at this play, I see Emory Jones looking at that deep safety right here. He's looking at that deep middle. That's the that's his read on the play. That's his key. If the deep safety goes out here, Emory would then look for Kimori Gamble on the post route. And of course, Kimori Gamble had someone underneath. But if that safety moves out of position and loses his discipline, that's a touchdown over the top. But the safety dropped back and took over the middle of the field like he should have. He was the deep he was the deep middle. And then I guess Emory Jones was like, I've got Xavier Henderson, who's a pretty big dude just running one-on-one -on -one with a corner and I'm going to trust him. And granted, uh, this play, how do I, this play could have gone very poorly. <laughs> uh, Emory Jones threw a, he threw a good ball and it was a great catch. But if the corner who didn't turn around to make the play on the ball, if he did turn around to make a play on the ball, that could have been picked. But again, it's a lot easier to say, turn around and make a play on the ball than it is to do that. So we're going to look at this again Emory Jones, and this was a tight window throw, too. Like, that's a very important thing. Henderson did create a little bit of separation with that little fake, and that's ultimately what led to this ball being a, a good ball and being a good read here. I realize that, again, we've given Emory a lot of slack for his ability to read a defense. This one right here nailed it. Like, this was a fantastic play by Emery, fantastic read, and trusting your receivers in one-on-one, -on -one, if you watched, uh, I know that a lot of you guys are Buccaneers fans, so if you watched Tampa Bay versus Dallas last Thursday, you saw that a lot of times when Dallas had one-on-one -on -one with their receivers, they would just throw it to them, and that's what we have here. Again, I'll show it again. That's what we have once more, just throwing that right there, the go route, and boom, and obviously the ball went in a lot faster than that, but it's fun to look at that slow motion there. So that was a fantastic touchdown, fantastic read. Now we're going to look at a not-so-fantastic -fant touchdown, not-so-fantastic read. We're going to look at Emory Jones's interception. When we look at this, I realize there's a lot going on here. The defense is in cover three buzz. What cover three buzz means is that you've got your deep three, you've got your, obviously, deep thirds on the outside, deep third in the middle, and then you've got one of your safeties creeps up to play a little bit of a, if you play Madden, <laughs> you know it's a hook curl. So that means that he's playing one of those little yellow routes. That's what we've got at this point. That's what this safety right here is doing. He creeps up. And that actually ends up playing a part in this because if he doesn't do that, then we have this little in route here. That's an important part that we're looking at here. Uh, Naquan Wright is... This is a play fake right here. Naquan Wright goes maybe half speed going into the flat here. But again, that that is that works out for us in this case, or could have worked out for us in this case. You've got Trent Whitmore running right across the formation. You've got a post route here to hopefully bring up the defense, and it does bring up the defense. This corner ends up playing way farther off than he initially should have. You've got the flat here. That gets covered. There's a linebacker that comes into this, but it doesn't look like Emery looks there at all, which is why I didn't include it in the play. And so we're going to watch this run through again. This is Emery Jones' interception. You've got this uh, defender 
runs into the flat. He's got a flat, and he reads Emery's eyes because Emery called it late. So we're going to look at this, and we've got defense covering, and that's legitimately where Trent Whitmore was open, right in this area of the field. He is wide open on tape and in this play design, and it was a fantastically horrible read by Emory Jones, or a fantastic read, but about two seconds too late. We're going to play it again here, and we're going to look. This post draws this corner up. The safety's covering it deep. Of course, it's cover three buzz, and the corner here kind of plays out for the deep and then comes in with the in route. He kind of bites on it a little bit. And here's one thing that really bothers me about the play is that I realized I didn't draw him, but there's a linebacker over here. But that means that we've got Naquan right and a linebacker and no defenders on this third of the field. So if Emery would have just taken the check down here, that's a potentially huge gain. He didn't take the check down. He wanted to be more aggressive. And because of that, he threw an interception, his second of the game, his fourth of the season. And it was just rough to see, if we're going to be honest. It was a very rough interception, a very rough decision, and a very poor decision at that on top of that. That's where we're at with that. That was just atrocious reading the defense. And if he tries doing that against Bama, we're screwed. I'm just going to leave it at that. And week two has come and gone, and I hope you all made some money this week because I'll be just very openly honest with you. I know I did, especially on Toledo covering a 16 and a half point spread against Notre Dame, which granted was uh, betting with my heart, not with my head, but hey, it worked out, so I'm cool with it. Uh, thank you very much, Toledo, for that. I would have won a lot more if you didn't commit like six penalties in the final like 45 seconds of the game or however long it was. It was, it was horrible. Thanks for that. But hey, I'll take my victory where I can get them. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Bet Online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device today and sign up to receive a 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online your online sports protector. Don't forget to use promo code locked on. That is L O C K E D no space O N for your 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Now to wrap up today's show, we're going to talk about what's gone right and what's gone wrong so far for the Florida Gators. This segment probably going to be a little bit shorter just because the first two took up so much time. And I, I realized I said that and it's probably just going to take as long as it always does. Cause I always say that, but What's gone right so far is the rushing attack has created consistent explosive plays, which we severely lacked last year. Like That was just horrible. Our rushing attack, to be very blunt, sucked last year. And that's not an issue so far this year. Again, it's been against lesser competition. But our offensive line so far, another good thing that's gone right, they've been pretty reliable. They've broken down... Uh, a, a couple times in pass protection so far, but they've been very solid run blocking. I'm slightly concerned about how they'll hold up against Bama because they've gone, they've done well against Florida Atlantic and South Florida, and those aren't exactly um, defensive line stalwarts at any to any stretch of the imagination. 
So I'm a little worried about Alabama, but so far our offensive line and our running game have been very good, and hopefully they can keep it going because if we go in one-dimensional with our passing attack, we're screwed because our passing attack is just – I'll get to it. Um, another good thing, the final thing that's gone right for us, our pass rush, again, they only hit home once this weekend. They only got one sack this weekend, but they've significantly improved – over last year again we only got one sack this year but we got pressure more consistently specifically look at jeremiah moon who he got pressure on that south florida interception to kair elam that was fantastic by him he didn't hit home with the sack but he got pressure he hurried the throw and kind of forced that interception so he's been someone who's thriving as someone who plays inside linebacker and edge rusher for us so Incredibly happy for Jeremiah Moon. Incredibly excited for this pass rush. I can't wait to watch our defensive line take on Alabama's offensive line this week. What has gone wrong for this team? Our passing attack has been boom or bust, but mostly bust. Because, again, we've had a few big plays, but aside from that, it's been just so uh, pedestrian, I guess I'll say. So that's incredibly disappointing for me. Our coverage has been lackadaisical. At times, I'm not a huge fan of the play calling, but I'm not even talking about that at this point. I realize I've been killing the Gators for playing off coverage so much, but that's not even what I'm talking about. Also, that interception that Kyrielum had, it was press coverage. So he was actually bumping the receiver at the line. It was a fantastic play. But I'm I'm talking more about the inconsistency. I like that we've had young people play, young corners play, specifically at corner two. We've had Helm and Marshall Jr. work in a lot. But they've been pretty inconsistent. I mentioned it yesterday. Look at Saturday's game. There was one point in the game where South Florida just went at Avery Helm repeatedly. Alabama's going to do that, probably. They're going to do that, and they're probably going to find success. So what's gone wrong is uh, the inconsistency in coverage. Even looking at, I mentioned this again yesterday, the Saturday, play, the Saturday game against South Florida, they ran a double pass, and our whole defense bit on it, and it was terrible, like, unacceptable. Bama's going to notice that and Bama's going to say, okay, they're undisciplined and they're aggressive. Let's take advantage. And that, uh, that's going to suck when they do expose that. Also what's gone wrong penalties in week one, some foolish ones in week two, uh, but nothing majorly awful. But if we play undisciplined football against Alabama, which again, like I just mentioned with the double pass penalties happen in the shoe, but it's more the undisciplined bit of the game where if we do that against Alabama, adios, we're going to get murdered. It's as simple as that. We need to clean it up. We need to play better. We need to play more responsible and disciplined football. That about does it for today's episode of Locked On Gators. Join me tomorrow as we'll start really getting ready for this Bama game because it's Bama week, baby. Once again, my name is Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Don't forget to check my pinned tweet on Twitter, let Lockdown know why the Gators have the best fan base in college football. Because we do, we just want you to let them know and really shove it to the other schools. That, that's that's why I'm in it more than anything else. You can find my written work with Whole Nine Sports at W H O L E N I N E Sports.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel, Lockdown Gators. Be sure to check out Lockdown Bama Gross, hosted by Jimmy Stein and Luke Robinson, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I know I hate them. I, I know we hate them, and I know I hate them, but I'll, I'll shout them out during Bama Week. Why not? It can't hurt to listen to an enemy podcast, and we're trying to set up a little bit of a crossover, so I'll get to talk trash directly to them, and 
I can't wait for it. <laughs> Betting on the Gators doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and Lee Sterling, who is a handicapping expert, by the way, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you listen to podcasts.